Hello, welcome to Parents Go To OT Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Newman. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, life coach, meltdown specialist, and theraparent advocate. I created Parents Go To OT because I realized that the number one thing holding kids back is that they are not able to receive therapy every day. Just imagine what it would be like if your child could receive therapy every day. Like I'm sure you've heard, it takes at least 21 days to develop a habit. And there's no better therapist for your child than you, the number one expert. This show is all about breaking the gap between parents and therapists to make occupational therapy common knowledge for all parents so you can start seeing faster therapy results. I'm going to teach you all of my OT secrets and give you valuable resources to start adding OT into your daily routine. So instead of meltdowns, tantrums, hyperactivity, and bouncing off the walls, you're going to start seeing a more calm, regulated, and focused child. My passion is to breed confidence and peace. That is my name to my website, Be Free OT, because I wanted to give parents freedom. I want you to feel freer, lighter, more alive, and more inspired. I will share powerful tools on how to feel and think like a therapist. I truly believe that parents make the best therapists because no one knows your child better than you. Join me today and let's break the gap between parents and therapists. Now let's jump into the show. Hey there. So today I'm going to be sharing three therapy tips for helping your child's meltdowns and to help your child be more regulated throughout the day, which is actually a sneak peek inside of my online course, Meltdown Manual 2.0, that just launched this week. As an OT, I truly believe that figuring out what works best for your child to keep them regulated, also known as self-regulation, emotional regulation, or whatever you want to call it, is the number one most important therapy area that you need to be working on with your kids. I work on this with every single one of my kids because it affects everything. It affects all areas. If you help to improve your child's self-regulation, you're going to have a calmer, more focused, more motivated, just overall happier child. And if your child is more calm, listening better, and more motivated, that is going to affect how they do in everything else. All of my kids that I see for OT have goals in handwriting, fine motor, core strength, coordination, etc. But at my very first parent meeting, the first thing I always tell the parents is that I can either only work on those goals or if they really want to see extraordinary results that we need to add a self-regulation goal to the mix and bring it to the forefront to improve their child's self-regulation, which consequently will have a positive effect on all of their other goals. I ask them to work with me to figure out their child's perfect self-regulation and sensory formula because as you know, I think sensory diets are for everyone and not just SPD kids. I also talk to them about how this is for everyone and is not only for kids who have meltdowns, but also for my kids who are really hyper or get frustrated easily or maybe like I was when I when I was a kid and had sensory sensitivities that just led to me being more anxious as a child more shy and I just got overwhelmed really easily. So for me, instead of meltdowns, I had shutdowns where I would just get stuck inside of my head and would be so hard on myself. That negative voice in my head when I was a child or that inner critic is something that followed me into adulthood. This is really why I'm so passionate about this because I truly think this is something that every child should be working on. I honestly wish they added this into school curriculums because I think the results would be huge and could change the world. The National Survey of Children's Health reported that 21.9% of children, so one in every five kids in the United States, has a mental, emotional, developmental, or behavioral problem. 
And personally, I think that number is probably way higher because there has to be so many other kids who weren't included in those numbers, similar to myself as a kid, because they weren't formally diagnosed or received any formal diagnosis or any kind of therapy until they were an adult. Working on self-regulation with your child is truly one of the greatest gifts you can give your child. So let's jump into my first tip to improve self-regulation and stop meltdowns. And this is a huge misconception. And this tip is for all kids, not just my sensory seekers. And the tip is that too much movement often leads to overstimulation. And when kids get overstimulated, they have less control of their emotions, aka meltdown city. If you think about when a child is playing on a playground or running around, you'll notice that kids start talking louder, maybe yelling, or sometimes just more impulsive. And this is because they're getting overstimulated and more excited. And a lot of times, especially in schools, I see that there are a lot of kids who have a hard time transitioning back to class after PE or especially recess. They come back kind of more dysregulated and take a minute to get back into gear. They have a harder time focusing and following directions and sitting still. And this is also the time of day during school that I see a lot more meltdowns. I know you've probably heard a million times that kids just need to get their energy out. But what the saying really should be is that kids need a lot of deep pressure. So if your child comes home from school and is running around or jumping on a trampoline or any activity that makes your child dizzy or makes you just feel dizzy just looking at them, this is probably what is contributing to your child's dysregulation because when their engine starts running too fast and they get overstimulated, your child is going to have a lot harder time controlling their thoughts, emotions, and behaviors unless your child is going to get at least 30 minutes of playtime. And for a lot of kids, especially sensory seekers or high energy kids, it might need to be a lot more time than just that 30 minutes. So what is way, way, way more effective than simply getting energy out is adding deep pressure throughout your daily routine. This is my golden rule of therapy. I'm sure you've heard me say it a million times now if you've been following me for a while. But my golden rule of therapy is that deep pressure is calming. The goal here is to be one step ahead of your child and add deep pressure throughout their day. I want you to think about the times of day that your child is most dysregulated. Maybe that's in the evenings or when they get home from school. And I want you to add lots, lots of deep pressure activities during or before those times so you can be one step ahead and prevent meltdowns and dysregulation. You can add deep pressure all day, every day if you wanted by weighted blankets and compression sheets during the night, followed by compression clothes during the day and deep pressure massages or joint compressions during the mornings after school and at night. For lots more activities, you can visit the sensory series on befreeot.com and then find the sensory seeking section for a long list of deep pressure activities. And before I wrap up, Tip number one, I just want to add in here that there are times that the extra movement like jumping around, spinning, or bouncing on a trampoline can actually be beneficial. Like if your child is tired and seems like their engine's running kind of slow, a little jumping jacks break can actually help them be more alert and focused, like maybe in the mornings or if they're kind of tired when they come back from school when they're trying to do homework. So speech therapists use this strategy during sessions because when kids are more stimulated from the movement, they're more likely to be more talkative, kind of like how if you're ever at a playground, how I mentioned, every time without fail, you'll see kids talking more loudly and yelling while they're running around because that movement gets blood pumping throughout the entire body, which includes a rush of blood flow to the brain. And when provided the perfect amount of movement, like not too much or too little, 
leads directly to improved mood, attention, and a better ability to remember what they've learned. So it's all about finding that sweet spot in the amount of movement for your child that they need to keep them regulated and help prevent them from getting overstimulated. So another huge misconception here is that sensory seekers need lots of movement and sensory input, but really what their body is craving is that deep pressure to help them regulate. Kids or sensory seekers especially don't realize when they run around, it just makes them more hyper and overstimulated. So here's a huge part, and if I lost you or if you got distracted, come back to me. This is really important. A lot of times, sensory seekers should really, what they should be called is more movement sensitive. I know some of you are probably thinking like, come on, Kelsey, what is this? But most people would never think that because sensory seekers are the kings and queens of sensory. They're big time sensory lovers. And no one would ever guess this because they don't avoid or have meltdowns from sensory input like sensory avoiders do or sensory sensitive kids. But the main difference is that they just react differently. While some kids avoid or have meltdowns, the sensory input that happens to sensory seekers, instead it just makes them overstimulate and makes them hyper and bounce off the walls and they just get caught in the cycle that just keeps them, gets them more and more hyper and more and more sensory seeking. Their body doesn't realize that it can't handle that much sensory input and movement. And so the best way to counteract this for sensory seekers is you probably guessed it, heavy work and deep pressure activities. So this all brings us to tip number two, that you need to be figuring out your child's sensory diet that actually works. And this can be somewhat of a trial and error to figure out that perfect formula. But hopefully some of these tips from this episode and episode number two helped you see sensory diets in a whole new light, gave some insightful tips to add to your child's sensory diet that you can go home and test out. So I believe that sensory diets should be for everyone, like I mentioned earlier, not just our SPD kiddos. Learning to meet your kids' sensory needs is key to keeping them calm and regulated throughout the day. And I have a sensory diet generator on my website, BeFreeOT.com, that makes this so easy. and takes you step-by-step on how to create a sensory diet that actually works. As you can probably tell, I have a new method that you probably haven't seen anywhere else before. So inside of my course, Meltdown Manual, which enrollment is currently open until October 23rd, and inside the course, I teach you my personal therapy strategy to not only figuring out your child's perfect sensory diet, but also how to improve their sensory processing just overall. And honestly, Meltdown Manual is my passion project, and there's so much good stuff in there, but Lesson 3, which is all about sensory processing, is probably one of my favorite parts of the course, and you can actually try it out for free right now on my website. So lastly, moving on to tip number three, one of the key factors in my formula for stopping meltdowns is building your child's confidence. Self-confidence is so, so important. I see so many of my kids who are so hard on themselves. Constant correction can be so overwhelming for kids. Even as an adult, I know I would feel the same way if someone was constantly critiquing me. Building kids' self-confidence is vital, and you can do this by giving your child the tools to succeed and helping them learn and start positive habits to help them feel more confident, at peace, and just overall happier. So many studies show that it is way better and more effective to praise your child's hard work or their efforts and not focus on their performance or the end product. This way, their focus turns to simply trying and making an effort to be praiseworthy instead of just focusing on the end result or the grade at the end. Inside of my online course, Meltdown Manual, I teach you all of my 
occupational therapy tools to stopping meltdowns. I truly believe that parents make the best therapists because you are the expert on your child. So that is why I'm teaching you and providing you with all my knowledge and resources. That way you can personalize it specifically for your child to see incredible results. So you can try my online course again today at BeFreeOT.com. You can try it for free. Hopefully you got some valuable tips today on how to stop meltdowns, meet your child's sensory needs, and improve their self-regulation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, please take a minute to subscribe to my Parents Go To OT podcast and leave a review. You are all amazing bear parents for taking the time to learn so you can empower your child. Together we are going to break the gap between parents and therapists. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And I'll see you next week on Parents Go to OT.